Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Alex King here. Today is Wednesday, March the 20th, 2019. It's 8 a.m. in New York, 5 a.m. in Los Angeles, 12 noon in London, and Sydney, Australia is at 11 p.m. at night. Wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And we're not quite sure if Kelly Pretty is going to be joining us or not. We haven't heard from her, but, uh, you know, when she shows up, if she shows up, we'll just include her in the conversation and and uh, you know, already we'll we'll have a path going at that point because that's what we usually do. Um, now, the only thing we yep. can't tell you for sure is what that path is going to be. We we don't know yet, but we'll find out. You know, <laughs> that's the way it works, right, Alex? <laughs> I mean, we, we we never know until we get going, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it is. So, if you're listening to the live stream, feel free to put a question or a comment in. We'll we'll be happy to address that. Um, in the meantime, I'm just going to get started by talking a little bit about. The end of the uh, the last podcast that Alex and I did with Bill, because um, Alex, you and I were especially talking about how we both have developed a lot more respect for scriptwriters, for screenwriters, because mm. of our own experience writing um, "The Grass Is Greener," the first episode of "The Grass Is Greener," and that that respect continues to today as well. Um, Bill, yeah, Bill mentioned that. Uh, um, the, the the mercury retrograde thing that could be affecting us and he even tried to clear it for us yesterday and uh, we were talking before the podcast about well he also did a clearing for you too trying to help you with uh, the insomnia um, and you commented that you were feeling better this morning which was you know that's a sign of, of improvement right there um, I think yeah. I'm, I think I'm also feeling it with the script writing too I I think I'm feeling that the script writing is easier now and I haven't actually done any script writing since then. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's really easy when you're not doing it. Well, this is true. Yes, <laughs> very true. <laughs> that is the way that works. <laughs> but uh, no, it just it, well, you know, attitude is everything, right? And and when you're feeling better about yeah. something, it's just easier to do stuff. So yeah, I'm not sure. Actually, I'm not even sure when I'm going to get to it today because we got a fairly full schedule here. But once I get mm-hmm. down to it, I, I think it's going to just flow a lot easier. So maybe instead of getting, you know, six minutes of, of episode written in, in four hours, maybe I can get 10 minutes written in four hours, something like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Any kind of improvement well, in progress. If, yeah. <laughs> but, I'm definitely going to see if I, between today and tomorrow, I'm going to try to get to it. Okay, good. Well, between the two of us, we'll just plow through it. Um Yep, and I, I think it's it's starting off good. I mean, we're we're setting uh, poor Nance up in this terrible negative spiral, but it's an interesting one, you know. So I, I think we're on the right track. Person, so. well, that's part of the challenge. Is you know what are you going to do? Um, yeah. Kel- oh, by the way, I just got a note from Kelly. She says she's trying to log on, so she's going to be joining us pretty quickly. Um, the other thing, the other thing that I wanted to talk about, I, I mentioned to you before the podcast last night. I woke up. And I realized I'd been thinking about um, stuff that Louise and I have been dealing with. Uh, Louise was really feeling pretty down yesterday. And I, I was kind of feeling helpless to help her. Like, I, I didn't really know what to do to help her, which seems weird. I mean, I do a podcast on the subject. And <laughs> I just, I didn't know what to do to help. Um, but last night, I, I started thinking about the book, Ask and is Given. This one by uh, Abraham Hicks, Esther and Jerry Hicks. And... About halfway through the book, they have that scale, the emotional guidance scale. And they teach you that 
the reason they give you that scale is to help you have like a starting place. You, you identify where you are on the scale. You know, if you're feeling really depressed, you're at the bottom of the scale. If you're feeling angry, you're at number 17 toward the bottom, you know, things like that. So you identify where you are and then you feel it. And once you felt it, then you try to aim for something one step up. And they actually have said, go one step up. Now, I always interpreted that as going you know, one, two, three, four steps up, you know, however far you can reach. But I realized last yeah. night, no, what they're actually saying is you actually just go one step up and you climb right. the ladder one rung at a time. And each rung yeah. of the ladder, you actually are supposed to take a moment to feel that next higher level until you climb your way to the top. Now, I haven't yeah. tried it this morning um, because, well, mainly because I just, there wasn't, wasn't enough time to do it before the podcast. But I'm planning to do it later right. on with Louise. And I have a feeling this is going to make a difference because when we, most of us, I, I don't know, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I can't speak for everybody else. But I think for myself, mm. I don't like feeling negative emotion. And so when I want to climb that scale, if I'm starting from the bottom rung, I mean, I don't want to have to go through no, 15 rungs of negativity just to get to one positive thought. That's, <laughs> that's like, oh, God, who wants to go through all that, right? You know? Mm-hmm. But then I remembered, and this was the big breakthrough. Wait a minute. I don't have to spend a day there. <laughs> I can just spend right. a minute. If I can just spend one minute at each one of those levels for 15 levels, I've just spent 15 minutes feeling a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. Yeah. Thought, oh, mm-hmm. geez. All this time I've been making something so easy, so much more difficult than it had to be because I had this fear, lower level f- feeling, right? This fear of yeah. going through the negative emotions. So Yeah. Hi, Kelly. Oh, and here comes Kelly. There she is. Let's make sure she's got her, uh, her mic. Yeah, make sure she's muted. Yeah, I've got her unmuted my end. There. Are you there, Kelly? Hi. Ah, there she is. Hey. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. We're glad that you made it. That's the it, main thing. Interesting. on, but we're here. Okay. Okay. We're talking about the um, Abraham Hicks book, Asking It Is Given, where they got the 22-point emotional guidance scale. And I was just commenting to Alex and to our audience that I had kind of a breakthrough last night because I realized that when Abraham teaches us how to use that scale, oops, and your picture just froze up. I'm not sure what that's all about. But um, when when uh, Abraham's talking about that scale, they talk about it. Whoops. We can hear you. We can't see you. Oh, there you are. Okay. Ah, now you're back. Is your voice coming through? I think it's working now. Okay. <laughs> Is it working? All right. your, your, your sound comes in and out a little bit. I'm not sure why that is. It sounds like it's a it's a connection oh. issue of some kind. And your your picture is kind of at times re- rebuilding itself, which usually means it's just connected and it's trying to catch up again. Mm-hmm. Could be a Wi-Fi issue. Okay. Yeah, it could be Wi-Fi. That's true. It does kind of look like that. So anyway, what I was describing is um, I was looking at I was thinking about the 22 point guidance scale last night. And Abraham, of course, teaches that what you're supposed to do is kind of identify where you are on that scale. And then once you figure that out, you're supposed to climb the scale one rung at a time, right? And I had always taken the idea of, well, why not go two or three steps at a time? I, I, if I'm at, you know, anger, I, I can get my way up to doubt pretty quickly. So I'll just jump up to doubt. <laughs> what I realized last night was, no, that's not what Abraham had in mind. They wanted us to go through each one of the steps one rung at a time going up. And I asked myself, well, why am I skipping steps? And I realized it was because I don't want to have to feel all that stuff. And the reason I didn't want to feel all this stuff because I don't like feeling that way. 
the breakthrough was recognizing I only have to feel that way for 30 seconds to admit. I don't have to live there. <laughs> so all that is my way of saying I'm, I'm going to start experimenting with literally climbing the scale one rung at a time and, and see what kind of a difference that makes. Now, have you had any, have, do you work with that scale at all, Kelly, when you're doing your coaching or whatever? Um, can you, I'm really struggling with my network. Oh, the network's giving you a hard time. I mean, we, we hear you at times. It's, it, it's, it's like, it's coming in and out. Like the, like you, you reconnect to the Wi-Fi or something right now. You're, yeah. you're coming through. Okay. Right now it's coming through okay. Okay, I'll, um, sorry about this. I was trying to close down some applications to see if that made a difference, but that, that could. Yeah, I can't that, even get back on yeah. Closing the applications can definitely help because that cuts down processor power and, uh, and disk usage, so that's good. So were you able Okay, <laughs> well, maybe it'll work now. Were you able to hear what I was saying? Mm, sort of, not really, to be yeah, honest. Not really. Oh, okay. Um, I, was, I was talking about the emotional guidance scale and how I re recognize the importance oh, yeah. of, of climbing that scale one rung at a time instead of trying to jump two or three rungs at a time. And that the reason I had resisted that in the past <laughs> yeah. was because I, I felt like I didn't want to feel all those negative emotions climbing the scale, not recognizing the fact that I don't have to do it for a long period of time. You know, 15, 30 seconds is plenty. And when I realized that, I was like, oh, well, I could do that. I just don't want to spend all day on, you know, feeling miserable. <laughs> so I was wondering if you have run into that, or I don't even know how, to what degree you even use the scale in your practice as a, as a coach, but have you run into that at all? Um, people have used it when they've coached me um, a few years ago, but I don't personally use it. You don't? Um, okay. Mainly because I work kind of intuitively, so... Um, yeah, I mean, I think that when it comes to emotions, they don't pass through the body unless we let ourselves feel it, mm. whatever's going on. <clears throat> and one of the, it's not a problem, but one of the things that I think the law of attraction promotes is that we can overcome our, um, down periods by using the power of positive thought and to an extent, we can, but we can't run away from what's actually going on deep, deep down inside. Mm. And that's going to come and, you know, rear its ugly head at some point if we don't face our truth mm -hmm. and we don't actually, like, look at why do I feel like this and let ourselves feel those emotions. Because the more we push, push, push those emotions away, the more it creates resistance in the body. So for me, I try and help people to actually... Like you said, well, you don't need to feel those emotions for a long time, but if you don't let them pass through the body and you actually let yourself have some form of physical release, that could be crying, that could be sitting with the emotion of sadness, then it just sits within the body and it actually um, comes up again, you know, six months down the line, a year down the line, three years down the line. Um, and that's the types of emotions that actually cause illness as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big thing. And, and uh, well, of course, Alex, the, what we were doing with yesterday for you, uh, Bill was trying to help clear uh, the insomnia issue for you. And, you know, it's the same kind of thing. It's not illness, obviously. Uh, otherwise, you wouldn't be sitting there with that nice, pleasant look on your face right now. You'd be going, oh, God, I feel so miserable. <laughs> but you're not doing that. So it's not that, that level of seriousness. But uh, nevertheless, I mean, 
at, on some level, I think you probably realize that you're creating the insomnia. You just haven't quite figured out how you're doing it and how to clear it yet. Right, right. So hmm. now the question, of course, tied into what I've just bringing up the, the 22 point scale is, is there an emotional, um, hot button? Is there, is there some point on the scale that you find yourself at when you're dealing with the, the insomnia and, and you would only be, you'd be the only person who would know the answer to that. I, but, uh, I know well, for I myself, know the, say again, that I don't know the scale. Oh, the scale. Oh, well, it's basically, I mean, I can just read it to you. Um, the, the lowest point of the scale is actually five words, fear, grief, depression, despair, powerlessness. That's like the very lowest end of the scale. And then it climbs up to nope. insecurity, actually security, guilt, and unworthiness is the next level, then jealousy, then hatred and rage, then revenge, then anger, then discouragement, then blame, worry, doubt, disappointment. Worry. Worry. Okay. So you're about number 14 right now on the scale. Okay. All right. Which means that if you were going to try to use the method I just described, the next level up would be doubt. And so the, the okay. question at that point is, could you could you find your way up to that, that next level of the scale to doubt and feel the doubt that you're feeling? And then if you could do that, then... The I next doubt level. that I'm not boring. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's doubt. You know, doubt is doubt. <laughs> And then the next, <laughs> the next level up is disappointment. And then you, you can work your way up from there. Disappointment, overwhelmment, frustration, pessimism, boredom, contentment, wholeness, optimism. You can see you're kind of working your way up into the positive range. Yeah. But that, that's the idea. Okay. Yeah. So, um, we also have a question, by the way. And I just noticed that Jason left us a question. Um, so why don't we address that before we continue with what we're doing with asking is given. He says, how can I manifest something that in the past I wouldn't have been able to afford? For example, the perfect apartment or car, etc. If I don't have the money right this second, and it's interesting the way he phrased that. How can I manifest something that in the past I wouldn't have been able to afford? Kind of suggesting that he can afford it now, but he couldn't afford it then. But um, if you couldn't afford it now, but you can afford it. I mean, you couldn't afford it then, but you can afford it now. That means you've manifested it, or at least you're able to manifest it a lot easier because you don't have the, yeah. the money issues so much in the way. There's less resistance going right. on there. Yeah. Let's go to the, the life coach. What do you think, Kelly? How, how do you answer Jason's question? Well, maybe he's trying to use the law of attraction already by saying it like that. Okay. Mm. I don't know. Though. It's hard to say, isn't it? But maybe maybe that's him trying to manifest it by using that um, use of language. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, the most important part of manifestation is your emotional state. So, like, making sure that every day, you know, you can try and control your thought process, etc. Um, but really, like, trying to live from a place of joy as much as you possibly can. So, like, practicing gratitude and even as you go throughout your day, like, having mantras that make you feel really connected to what you want to manifest in. So, it might be, for instance, um, a job. So, you want to, like that I have a job where I'm earning X amount of money per day and it feels really amazing. And then just seeing that over and over and over again in your head because you'll just manifest that into existence eventually. But the most important thing is like living your life as much as possible in a high vibrational state, in a place of joy, in a place of happiness, 
And that's really hard when things aren't going that well in your life. Um, so it's about just being really gentle with yourself and kind with yourself and knowing that it's going to get better and just always trying to like take a baby step to creating a better day the next day. And then the day after that being even better because it's really difficult to go from here to there. Like you were saying, well, um, so yeah, so that's probably the best advice I could give. Um, in terms of like apartments, you want to probably start putting action in motion because, you know, we can put all our intentions out there. We can ask the universe for all the things that we want, put it on our vision board. But unless we actually start putting action in place, things won't be manifested. So I would start looking at apartments that you want to buy, going and viewing them. Even if you think you can't afford them right now, you're setting the intention out there to the universe that you're serious and you're almost like faking your brain into believing that you can't afford it. So Mm. doing those types of things is really powerful as well. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. I I liked your observation too at the beginning there that um, he was perhaps trying to put an LOA spin on it to, to, you know, get control of the thought process. And when you said that, it made me think about what we were just talking about, the emotional guidance scale. So Jason, you might consider Mm -hmm. just, you know, you can do a a Google and find that there are guidance scales published all over the place. A lot of people have reproduced it. Just uh, Google the emotional guidance scale. It'll come up and then take a look at it and try to identify where you are on the scale. You know, take some inventory. What are you feeling right now? Because, right, what we're thinking about right now, what we're thinking and feeling, that's what we're attracting next, you know? And what we're what we're experiencing right now, that's what we thought about and felt before. You know, so we've got this constant progression going on. And because of that, if you focus on, you know, what am I feeling right now? Even if it's in the negative range, at least you know, okay, I'm in the negative range. Fine. Well, then I can feel it. I can experience it. And then now that you've got the scale in front of you, you can try climbing the steps. So, um, I mean, the way Kelly said it was good. You, you try to work for, you know, an improvement every single day. That's that's a good way to do it. But you can also do it within a day just by using that guidance scale and just, you know, feeling your way up from wherever you are right now. So if you're at, you know... Uh, like uh, uh, Alex said, she was at feeling at worry. If you can go up to the next level up, you know, disappointment, I think it was, well, you can you can get there, you know. It's not that far of a stretch. And just work your way up the mm-hmm. scale and see what see how it works out for you. Because, like I discovered this morning in my ruminations, oh, yeah, I don't have to spend a lot of time there. I just have to feel it for a bit. And well, how would you say it, Kelly? You have to let it pass through your body? Is that what you said? Yeah, it's like letting the emotion be there because – when we, like a really good way of dealing with this is through journaling. Like journaling, you're basically like writing out all your frustrations, all the things you're angry about. And it's like telling the universe, you know what, like I'm not trying to hide from this. I know that this is how my body is really feeling. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you can kind of move on. Like over the last six months, things have been sometimes pretty challenging for me. And like some of the stuff that I've written in my journals. <laughs> <laughs> not let people read because it's like (laughs) you know you can be in a place of like getting out all your anger and that's Mm -hmm. a really positive way of doing it yeah yeah that's true um now jason did give us some follow-up comments he says so is saying affirmations internally as effective as saying them out loud Ooh, that's a good question i have that question myself (laughs) okay I think it's more powerful to say them out loud, but you can be just as powerful by saying it internally. So, like, I manifested my fiancé 
through seeing it in my head over and over and over again. Um, I'm in a loving and committed relationship and we're excited about what the future holds. And I would say that every day over and over and over again, walking to and from work. And it was in my head. And actually, when I take the dog a walk now, my new thing that I've restarted just in the last week, because I felt myself being in quite a kind of negative place more than I would like, is having like four affirmations I say over and over and over again. 40 minutes when I'm taking the dog for a walk and I come back and I feel like a different person and the stuff that's been manifesting in my life is really amazing just off the back of that and I don't need to say it out loud I just say it in my head because we're reprogramming our subconscious right it doesn't need to be loud and plus what we're also trying to do is connect the feelings so what it really comes down to is take a measurement for yourself you know compare how you feel when you say it out loud to how you feel when you're thinking it you know, if, if you're thinking it just as strongly and feeling measurement as you are when you're saying it out loud, then great, it's working. You're, you're there. If you're finding that, you know, when you're just saying it inside and you're not really feeling it very much, but you feel it a lot more when you say it out loud, uh, if I were you, I'd say it out loud. I would, you know, I'd go with what feels stronger. Where, where does the stronger feeling come from? Um, I, oh, and yeah. Jason also asked, added, he says he feels pretty positive, he says, honestly which tells me go back to the book because you don't have to be down the, the negative area at all. You can, if you're feeling like optimistic, you're at number five on the scale. First of all, you have only four more steps to go to get to the top. So you're close to the top at that yeah. point. So you just work from optimism up to positive expectation, up to enthusiasm, up to passion, and then up to joy. And then you're there. And, you know, it's a much quicker trip for you. So good on you for being that positive right now, for feeling that way. Take advantage of it. Just because you're in positive range doesn't mean you have to stop there. You can keep climbing. Go for the gusto. Mm -hmm. Right? So. And he seems to like the answers. That's awesome, he says. Okay. <laughs> I think we helped him. Did we answer the question for you, Alex? Because you said that was also a question you had. Yeah, because I, also, I do my affirmations in my head, but at the same time, I am a firm believer of speaking things into existence. Mm. So I was, I was always wondering which, which is better. What but do now I don't think it matters. It just, okay. as long as you're doing them. Okay. Yeah. Well, the main thing is anytime that we're doing work, that's for sure. And that's what I call this. Mm -hmm. People often think of, of the, the doing as being getting out and, you know, going to hunt for that job or find that person or whatever. And, and that's true. That is doing. But the, for me, the doing is the internal work. And it's, mm -hmm. in some yeah. ways, it's the harder work. <laughs> it's harder than doing the other stuff. But it's also the much more worthwhile stuff. Um, but that, that to me is the real work. Whatever I can do to connect inside to make myself get into a better feeling place and, and focus my thoughts the way I want to, if I can do that, I've done my work for the day. I feel like I've had a good day. Mm-hmm. So, okay, well... I don't see other questions coming in just yet. Anybody else who has a question they want us to address, you know, feel free to type it in if you're listening to the live stream. Um, but in the meantime, let's just kind of continue with the with our own topic, so to speak. Um, I'm going to go to Alex. I'm going to ask you the what I was talking earlier about climbing the the scale one rung at a time. You kind of said, "Yeah, that sounded right to you." What was it that was um, resonating with you about that? What was what was it that was saying, "Yeah, that's really a good idea"? Um, what about about worry? Well, about identifying you identified that you were at worry on the scale, but also the climbing of the scale. Because when I said 
you know, climb it one rung at a time instead of two or three, that you, you reacted well to that. So I was wondering what you were thinking about when you reacted well to that. I mean, you you have to do everything one step at a time. That's just how life works. You can't you can't just skip up the steps like <laughs> like, well, you sh- like you're literally exercising and skipping up the steps. Like you just can't. <laughs> you know, there's 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 levels to this stuff. You know what I mean? So you got to do it one part at a time. Maybe that's one of the, the advantages slash disadvantages that I have for being so tall because I'm used to going up two steps at a time. So. <laughs> My legs are long, you know. <laughs> That's why you thought you could do it in your mind. That's exactly yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> Which is a good reminder. Like, you know, no, it's actually good to go one step at a time. And now that I think yep. about it, I don't go two steps at a time anymore. But my, my legs aren't, aren't doing as well as they used to 25 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> or anybody. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, I imagine also, Kelly, you kind of, uh, when you're, when you're coaching somebody, you're working with them to try to make those incremental improvements, uh, you know, session by session or, or even within a session, which is probably what also kind of keeps you going as a coach because you need to get satisfaction out of it too, that you're actually, you know, making progress or they're making progress and you're helping them to do that. Um, but I mean, is that, is that like a conscious part of what you're doing or, or is it like you said earlier, you're just kind of going with whatever intuitively comes to you? Yeah, I very much work with like whatever you want to call it, universe, um, God, uh, angels, whatever it is you want to call it. And then I just trust that whatever's going to happen in that 90 minutes is meant to happen. And yeah, there's pretty, um, big transformations that happen in people's lives. Like, um, a lot of the time, it's really scary to kind of go there to like trauma from childhood and things like that. But I kind of let people connect in through um, meditation and other methods like that and connect into their subconscious and the things that are actually blocking them subconsciously. Cause we can do all of this law of attraction work as much as we want, but actually if we have subconscious beliefs that we're not good enough and that we're not worthy of our dreams, we're not going to ever manifest them into existence. So my job, I guess, is to help people go on a really deep level and work out what are the subconscious blocks that are coming up. And they often come from childhood. They come from our parents. They come from experiences from when we were kids. And then I help them to release those um, emotions, pain, um, and experiences out of the body. And, and isn't it true that most often in a therapeutic or coaching situation, you're dealing with, with people who are resisting their own resistances, by which I mean, I mean, we, we all have resistances, right? We have these, these little blocks, the, the programs, you know, the subconscious stuff that's been playing all this time that's, that's blocking us and, and keeping us from getting where we want to go to. But there's also the resistance to even look at that. Like, I don't even want to have to deal yeah. with that. So you got resistance to resistance. I would imagine mm-hmm. that that's, that's like a common theme that happens a lot. Yeah, it's huge because we put a lot of things in a box and pretend that they haven't happened. It's part of being a human being. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people in the world that have had extremely challenging situations happen to them when they were children and, um, you know, environments that weren't healthy and parents that, you know, didn't do as good a job as they could have done. Like, I fundamentally believe that... um, 
you know, part of a parent's job is to actually mess up because that's what <laughs> helps us to get into this place of like, how can I get out of feeling like this, which is the first step of somebody becoming awakened. And usually the first step is somebody really realizing their potential and their truth and healing themselves. And then once you kind of started going down that path, you open yourself up to like a totally different world, a totally different way of living. And really being able to forgive the past and see it as a blessing, even though some people have been through some really horrendous stuff. So yeah, it's it's really rewarding, but it's not easy to go into those places at all. And a bunch of parents mm-hmm. who are listening in are all breathing a sigh of relief, like, oh, good. I, I made all those mistakes, and it was actually a good thing. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's impossible, I think, to not mess your children up in some way, shape, or form. No matter what background they come from, whether they come from a rich background, whether they come from a poor background, it's just part of being a human being. Every single person in the world has parts of their self that need to be healed. And there's a lot of people that believe that that's not true, and it's because they're too scared to look at themselves. So it's just them, you know, pushing back on that because they're too scared to actually look within. So it's just part of being a human. It's part of the journey that we're on. Alex, I can see, I'm hearing you and seeing you nodding your head. Yes, 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 yes. This this is resonating with you, I can tell. Yeah, it is. Anything in particular? Um, Just the fact that, that, you know, things happen. So, you know, you got to, you got to, as you get older, you got to learn how to top it up and deal with it. And, but you also have to, at some point, look inside yourself and figure out, okay, where, where does this feeling come from? Why do I feel this way? And, and how do I heal myself? And you may need help doing that, or you may figure it out yourself. You never know. This is true. Well, it's what life coaches and therapists are for. That's why I tell right. you job. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a good yeah. thing. That's a very good thing. And it's also how Kelly, what, what, you said you manifested your, your mate that way, and, and you said something else, but I can't remember what else you talked about that you manifested that, you know, just by following this general intuitive approach. Um, or maybe I'm just not remembering right. a lot of stuff, I guess. Like, I was promoted in my business um, that I used to work in, um, and I sold my property for, like, loads more money than it was worth in comparison to other Nice. Um, properties around me, yeah. like when three thousand pounds, which is a lot. That's mm. like thirty something dollars, thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. Um. So, and it was for a, a small flat as well. It wasn't like it was, you know, a massive big house. So it was. <laughs> That's big. Um, you know, a huge part chunk of the amount, the value of the house. If that makes sense. Um. I know what you mean, yeah, actually, because I, mean, I, I went through a similar thing with a condo one time. Because I had a condo many years ago that was in, it was a mess actually. And I actually hired a crew to go in and clean it up and, you know, put in new carpeting and paint all the walls and all that kind of dress it up. But uh, at that time in that area, in that complex, typically those those condos were selling around 45000 something like that. And I ended up selling it for 62000 So I was pretty happy with that. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And I didn't know law of attraction, which made yeah. it even better. <laughs> 
<laughs> I had never heard of law of attraction at that point. <laughs> but I was doing the right things. I just didn't know it. I, I mean, I was yeah. feeling positive about it. I was feeling optimistic. I was like, you know, I've, somehow we're going to sell it for more than that. I need to, so we will. And, and we did. <laughs> yep. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, the energy of you putting effort into doing it up as well is really um, important. Like, the more we look after our belongings, the more we put love into our belongings. And say, for instance, we're trying to sell a property. If you're selling a property from a place of, I can't wait to get rid of this place. I can't wait to move out. Oh, you're yeah. going to not sell it for as much money. If you're able to, like, right. put loads of love into it, you're able to... You know, when I sold my flat, I really didn't want to get rid of it. I loved it so much, and mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for it. And I know that that's why, because when people go in, they sense that energy of it being love. And 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 that's why you can sell your properties for more money. As soon as you get stuck in the story of the property being annoying or frustrating or why hasn't it sold on time, then that's when we create bad energy around it. So, And that's the same with everything in life. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very true. In fact, when I sold my condo, now that I think about it, the at that point in time, the, the real estate market was real slow. Um, and they were saying it, it could take three or six months to sell this thing. But I found a realtor who had a better law of attraction mindset. <clears throat> excuse me. And she said, oh, no, we can get this thing sold in you know, less time than that. It sold in two weeks. So I got wow. my, my best price in two weeks. <laughs> That's amazing. And it was the first buyer who came along. He just said, yeah, okay, I'll buy it. Wow. It was great. Yeah, it was wonderful. So, yeah, I agree that how you feel about it makes a huge, huge difference. And that's true for anything. Um, Now, the hard part, of course, is when when you're really wanting to attract something, it hasn't shown up yet, and you're feeling discouraged about it. That's when it's hard to feel that high level of confidence, which is another reason why Kelly has a job. But when when we're dealing with, you know, I, I keep running into resistance with this thing. I can't seem to get it. The law of attraction isn't working for me. And it just kind of builds and builds and builds until you feel like this is never going to work. It's never going to work out for me. What am I going to do? And that that's the hard place to climb back from. Um, now, we talked about in terms of the emotional guidance system. And, and, and Kelly, you talked about it in terms of an intuitive thing. But um, surely the, the, the first step there is recognizing, you know what? I can turn it around even though I don't feel like I can at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonder, right? Do you want to chat, Alex? I'm sorry? Oh, I was just saying, does Alex want to say anything? Oh, but he was talking to you, though. <laughs> oh, really? oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. Like, um, I feel like it depends on your beliefs around it is massive, but also... Sometimes things are just not right for you, right? And doors are being shut in your face for a reason. Like the universe is actually guiding you to something better. And I feel like there's such a thing as resilience and there's such a thing as keep going, keep going. But there's also a point that has to come where you're like, actually, maybe I'm being guided to something better and trusting in that process. Because I think that we try and control a lot when we're able to release the control and trust in something bigger than ourselves. And that's when really amazing things happen. And Nasha's asking a question that I think actually everyone here is going to be able to answer, but I'll start with Kelly. She says, cause, cause I think she was referring to something you talked about. She says, please tell us how you manifested your mate. Oh, um, 
yeah, I mean, I, I did all of the law of attraction things. So I put it on my vision board. I had a affirmation that I would say out loud every single day. I would really connect in with that energy of him already being here, knowing that he's already here, he's on his way. And then I would stay really, really committed to that vision. So, um, yeah, I mean, when things were maybe not going so well and I was going on dates and they weren't going so well, I would really commit to that vision that that's all right. He's not the one for me. I know that the perfect person for me is on his way. And I would, I was really able at that point in my life to not be disheartened by that. I, I, it took a lot of willpower, but it was just a knowingness that he was already on his way and really connected to that. So meditation really helped because then I could connect into his energy. So um, if she wants to reach out to me, I can send her my meditation that I've done for people. Um, and also self-love is massive. It's a key that mm-hmm. people do not realize how important it is until you love yourself you will not be able to manifest that person in um, and you'll manifest people in that are going to just literally highlight the parts of yourself that you still need to work on. Um, And yeah, write a list of all the traits that you want in somebody and then look at that list and see if you're showing up in the world in that way. And if there's, you have to be really honest with yourself and if there's things on that list that you're not showing up as, say you want somebody who is, really successful or got their shit together, excuse the term, you need to make sure that you've done the work as well. You can't just expect somebody to come in and save you. And I'm not suggesting she's doing that, but I see a lot of women that expect a man to come and save them. And we save ourselves first, and then the universe will give us the gift of our soulmate or the one. Oh, that's you know, so true. Whatever it is. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, uh, in my own story, until I was willing to let go of two things, um, I couldn't bring Louise into my life. Uh, and those two things mm-hmm. were, number one, the belief that I couldn't meet anybody who was going to stay with me. And number two, the belief that I was worthy of someone who would stay with me. And I, I got rid of the first, the, the second one first. That one I got rid of about, uh, oh, four months before. And then a month before is when I kind of threw in the towel and said, I'm not going to be able to find anybody at all. I, I quit and I, I basically threw out the window the idea that um, I could find somebody who would actually want to stay with me because I just gave up on all of it. It was the only way I could get rid of it. It was just to say, okay, I give up. I'm not even going to find a mate. Forget this. Screw this. Throw it out the window. I'm done. And then she shows up a month later <laughs> because I let go of all that resistance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was disorienting, but that. don't you understand what happens? It makes a whole lot of sense. But when it's happening, it's like, what the heck's going on here? <laughs> and that, like, I love that wall because that's like literally proof of letting go. Like, you've totally let go there and she's come into your life. Like, when I got engaged to my partner, literally the day he proposed, I said to him, you know what? I don't need you to propose anymore. Like, I love you. You love me. That's all that matters. We don't need to get married. And he proposed that day. And wow. it's because yeah. I let go of like, all the resistance, all of the need, because I, I was really wanting that as a sign of our solitude. And I don't even think that's the right word. Our partnership. Mm-hmm. 
And it's kind of given up so much of my life to move down to a different country. I left my job. I, I'd literally, like, given up a lot for our relationship. Mm. So for me, I was like, well, in return, I would really like some kind of commitment. Um, but I was so attached to the need for it. And as soon as I let it go and I'd worked through the reasons, okay, why do I really want this? Then mm-hmm. I was able to come out the other side, and then literally the shift in energy he proposed that day. That's so crazy. <laughs> the same day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and to, to have it happen yeah. that fast—that's really something. Wow. Now, did you? <laughs> now I, I have to ask you: Did you find it to be as disorienting as I found it to be? Because I mean, it sounds like you actually knew about law of attraction at that point, so maybe you were kind of ready for it. For me, I wasn't ready for it, and it just threw me like wait a minute, I gave all this stuff up and now she shows up? What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was definitely ready for it. Like I was, I I weighed like a year, like it took a year for me to manifest him basically. I did all my stuff in January and then he came in November. Mm-hmm. So you had plenty of time. Okay, well that's good. Plus you also knew how all the way worked. I think that makes a big difference. If you understand how it works, then when you go through it, it's just easier to accept what's going on, even though it's a little bit, you know, of a of a rocky road or you know, a lot of yeah. waves, that kind of thing. At least you can you kind of maintain your equanimity just because. Okay, this makes sense. I know this is what's supposed to happen. This is okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how about you, Definitely. Alex? Did, what, I mean, you were you were nodding your head throughout all this and going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So some of this was resonating. What parts? <laughs> what parts were the parts that were really, you know, hitting your high points? Definitely the letting go and just, you know, letting go and let God and, and, you know, allowing things to happen for you as opposed to tr- trying so hard to do so much. Mm. You know, you, sometimes you just got to float down that river. Yeah. Yeah. Let go of the oars, right? Yeah. Let go of the oars. <laughs> <laughs> Besides, your arms get awful tired when you keep paddling. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> Might as well take the easier route, right? <laughs> Bring yeah. the staples easy button. <laughs> Float. Float. Float down that river. So Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully that helps. Oh, actually, uh, yeah, Nasha says, wow, that is so true, Kelly. So she was really resonating with what you were saying. That's good. Very mm-hmm. good. So let's see. We've talked about uh, we've talked about uh, getting jobs. We've talked about um, finding mates and so forth. Um, health, we haven't talked about, we, health kind of gets second shrift around here. We don't get a lot of attention to it, but it is important because you really, I mean, Abraham points that out in their book, Money and the Law of Attraction, which is about money. It's about attracting wealth, but they point out if you don't have your health, you can't really attract much of anything else. You're just going to continue to attract all this bad stuff. You're in a bad place all the time. So they place a lot of, they, they spend a fair amount of the book just talking about attracting good health. So, again, I'm going to go to Kelly because she's the life coach on this. You get a lot of clients who they have an underlying health issue, and it's it's undermining their ability to attract the stuff that they really want in their lives just because they got a health issue. Um, not really, to be honest. No? Um, no, I haven't, I haven't really worked with anybody that's had health issues. Um, I guess... I've worked with somebody who had issues with um, conceiving um, a baby, and yeah, it was really difficult for that person to um, 
the trust in the universe that it was going to be okay. So, like, there's a there's a really amazing woman called Gabrielle Bernstein, and she wrote a book called The Universe Has Your Back. And I saw her live in London with my partner a few years ago, and he'd been trying for a baby for, like, two years. She Every time she spoke in the audience, she would tell people, I know the baby's coming because the universe has given me all these signs. He went for another two years. So you're talking four years of her speaking that mm. into existence, telling thousands of people, I know there's a baby coming. I know it because the universe has given me signs. And I really was sat there going, I really hope that this is true because if it's not, it's going to be disastrous for her and her emotional state but also her career potentially as well. Um, and she had a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she had a baby. Yeah, she had one um, about six months ago. So her consistent um, knowingness that that baby was coming at the perfect time and knowing that maybe she's got certain parts to heal in herself before she's ready, um, it, it was just so inspiring to see that actually come to fruition and actually happen. So. Cool. I don't think that really answers your question, but it's just an example of how the law of attraction can really give us our dreams, even when it feels like the doctors are saying it's not possible, everyone else is saying it's not possible. But if you truly believe in your core that it is possible, then it, then it is. And, and I think what you're actually describing there does tie in. I'll, I'll, tie, I'll show you how I see it tying in in a second. Um, but it, high, but it, it lays out how even when we're trying very, very hard to think something into existence, to speak it into existence, we can still have a lot of resistance in the way. I mean, if it took her four years, yeah. there was a lot of resistance going on there. But she basically used her determination to break through that resistance. I mean, I'm determined I'm going to have this baby. That, that's essentially what her message was all about. And she just stuck at it. It's kind of like pounding at a wall with a large hammer. If you do that long enough, you're going to break through the wall. So she did. She just said, I'm just going to keep going till I break through this wall. Now, could, would it have been possible for her to get through those resistances in other ways? Yeah, probably. There, there were probably ways to do that. But that was her best way to get there. And if that was her best way, then it was her best way. That's all there is to that. So how do I tie that into health issues? I've actually known a lot of people who have had health issues, and the one common factor that I think all of them have in mind, have in common rather, is when you're dealing with a health issue, particularly if it's a chronic health issue, it is the dominant thing in your thought process, in your life, in your day-to-day existence. You're constantly feeling the symptoms. You're constantly feeling whatever it is that you're you're dealing with, whether it's a a broken leg or, or, you know, a damaged heart or, or, you know, a cancer or something, whatever it is, if you're dealing with it on a regular basis, that becomes your life. And when it becomes your life, it tears you down. It makes you feel lousy. And when you feel lousy, you're in your wrong place for attracting what you want. So it's a really, really big deal to overcome those resistances. And if you don't, I mean, how many times have we heard stories about people who got really, really sick and their lives just kind of fell apart? They didn't they, they closed up shop and stayed at home and uh, waited to die or they just spent their time in hospitals or they're seeing doctors all the time and all their conversations about are about seeing doctors and all this other kind of stuff. I mean it, it just becomes a, a negative self fulfilling prophecy. So 
and, and each time I, I run into somebody like that, and I've experienced it myself. I was I talked about last year how I had these ligament issues, and, and it, I was able to overcome them using deliberate creation principles. But it's hard to do. And unless you've got somebody who can help you walk through it, or unless you've really, really studied the law of action teachings that are out there and, and learned, okay, this is on me. I'm the one who has to start focusing on what I want. Even though I have all these signals telling me, oh, no, I can't have it. You know, life is miserable. It's not going to work out for me. It just wasn't meant for me. I'm so you know, poor, poor me. Oh, woe is me. You know, we have that choice, but it doesn't feel like it at the time. It doesn't feel like it when we're in the middle of it. And that's what makes it so hard to climb out when you're dealing with a health issue. So for me, I mean, I, I guess I'm not terribly surprised, Kelly, because I found that most life coaches tend to attract certain kinds of, of clients. It's always one kind. You know, like some life coaches, all they get are money clients. Other coaches, all they get are relationship clients. And so it's, and you sound like you get a lot of relationship clients, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. Um, so I, I can't say I'm terribly surprised, but... Um, those who like, for instance, uh, we had a uh, a person on one of our programs last oh geez last fall I can't remember exactly when it was when Patty Framo was still one of my co-hosts and this person came on she was an intuitive healer and all of her clients are people who are dealing with health issues or like ninety percent of them you know huge numbers of people so clearly yeah. that that's the kind of person that that she's able to help the most. And it's always the same story over and over again. You have to find a way to get past the symptoms in your mind and your thought process. It's not always easy to mm -hmm. do. No, it's not easy. But it's worth it. That's... And it's quite educational, lot, yeah. too. What's that? I said it's a lot easier when, for me, I have health issues, but they don't usually have uh, physical symptoms. Mm. So it's easier to put it in the back of my mind, like, I know I have a heart murmur. I know I have a blood clotting disorder, but unless I'm in pain, I'm not thinking about it. So mm -hmm. it's easier for me to smile every day mm -hmm. and be in a better vibrate higher. So yeah, there's, there's a difference there too. That's true. Yeah. If you don't have that chronic symptomology, that makes it a lot easier to deal with. Um, but on the other yeah. hand, there, there is benefit in having that symptomology if you're willing to work through it. That's what I found last year. Because, I mean, I was, for a while, last spring, I was in real pain every single day. I mean, just walking was painful. You know, just mm -hmm. just bending the knees was painful. But I, yeah. I had that one little uh, sequence of days where I just said, you know what? I'm going to take this stuff that I've learned. I'm going to apply it. I'm going to apply this law of attraction teaching. And by God, I'm going to find some way to break through. And I was kind of like, you know, your friend, Kelly, who uh, just kept pounding away at, I'm, this baby's coming. I, I'm going to speak it into existence. I, I kind of did the same thing. I, I'm going to speak healing into existence until, I, like, through sheer determination, I finally managed to take my attention off of the pain in my knees. And within a week, mm -hmm. within a week of doing that a few times, like 98% of the pain was gone. Interesting thing. I have not taken the time since then to really do the same kind of focus. So that last 1% to 2% hasn't gone away yet. And this is, what, almost a year later, you know? Uh, all I really need to do is just take the time and just really do the same kind of focus that I did a year ago. And I'm sure it would go away. Yeah. You know, and I actually, sometimes I've done it for a little bit and I've managed to make it go away and then it comes back because I didn't really do the full work, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but it gives you a sense of how much control you really have. Cause when you're dealing with something like that and you actually make it go away that quickly, you say, Whoa, what was that? That was cool. Mm -hmm. How did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you start to feel like you actually have power, which is pretty cool. So mm-hmm. there are there are pluses there, there are pluses to all of this stuff. I mean, I, I have come to really appreciate what Joel Elson talks about, how he talks about the value of the struggle, how important struggle is. And it's not mm-hmm. something we usually like to hear about, but there is something to it that just like being determined to just kind of get through no matter what, just break through. That struggle makes you strong. It makes you a lot stronger yeah. than you were, you know, before the incident happened. And I'm beginning to appreciate that more and more. I mean, you said that with relationships. With relationships, it doesn't seem like that it would quite apply as much, but maybe it does. I don't know. What, what do you think, Kelly? Do you run into uh, that? Does, you, Alex, do you think it does? It definitely does. It, it When you struggle in a in a relationship in, and it doesn't work out, then you learn lessons for the next uh, for the next relationship. Mm. So that creates more joy in the next relationship. It also gives you more items for your list, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd added that one item on the list for the last person. It would have made a huge difference. <laughs> <laughs> so you refine your list for time that way. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> the question was, um, do you find that struggle plays an important role when it comes to building relationships? Yeah, I think struggles just really be general, like struggles being put into our lives for a reason. And, um, like you said, well, it does make you stronger, but also, Say, for instance, at work or in, you know, if you've got your own business, you're going through struggle. It's about always knowing that it's going to, you're going to come out the other side, number one. But number two, when you do come out the other side, it's going to be really clear as long as you're reflective and you're the type of person to look inwards um, that there's a lot of lessons in the struggle. Like you wouldn't. You know, like there's no person in the world that is extremely, extremely successful that hasn't been through struggle in their life because it just really helps to streamline what it is that you want to manifest Mm. and also becoming the person that you need to be. Like there's a lot of things that we try and manifest and, and actually in order to bring those things into existence, we have to change as people. Like we are not going to be able to have those things unless we're able to go through certain struggle that the universe is giving us for a reason. So it's always staying committed to the knowingness that, okay, I'm going through this for a reason right now and it's for the highest good and it's for a good reason because the universe is in the end going to give me what it is that I want. Mm. And it's really, that's the point where people give up. That's the point where people go, Actually, this isn't for me. It's too hard. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We have one more question from Jason. Before we get to it, I want to make sure I get my announcements in. So if you're not yet a subscriber to the podcast, please become one 
the uh, we've made it really simple. Just go to the homepage, LOAToday.net, and it actually now shows you the right button to click for whatever your device is. So all you have to do is click it and walk through the steps, and bang, you're subscribed. We've made it just as easy as, as can be at this point. And then once you're subscribed, make sure that you're sharing with others that you're a subscriber so that other people can get their daily dose of happy. Because that combination of sharing and subscribing and sharing, that that's how we build this thing up. And uh, I, I know Alex is going to be... You know, tapping me on the shoulder and remind me. So I'm, I'm going to try to, to say it before she even says that. Um, but we also have a YouTube channel that we want you to check out. We're putting the link to that channel in all places where we're doing the descriptions for these shows. So just click that link and it'll take you right to the YouTube channel. And that way you can, uh, not only see us, uh, in video, but also what was, it's a bell character. Is that what you're supposed to click, Alex? Well, you click subscribe underneath our video and then there's a little bell character yep that you hit and it'll notify you every time that we do a video there it is okay so yes subscribe and share as well subscribe and and get notified as well i guess is what the word is there yeah so So very good so we have yes oh yeah Give us all all the feedback we can get, whether it be you know likes or comments or whatever. We that that helps a lot. We really like that. So yeah. J- Jason has a question, and and uh, we could probably go on for about a half an hour on this one, but we only have about two and a half minutes, so we'll have to do it quick. Um, she, Kelly, I, I'm going to have you address it. He says, "How can I get my teens interested in the law of attraction?" That's always a challenge. I mean, how do you get somebody else interested in LOA if they're not interested? Ooh. And says, do you think he's referring to people that work for him? I'm not really sure. He just says my teens, so I'm not sure. Teens, it could, as in it, teenagers. Teenagers. It could be his kids. All oh, right. Okay. I thought you meant teens. Like oh, oh, no. Teens. T E E N, as in Nancy S. Yes. Okay. Oh, I, I think that's a difficult one. Like, personally, I think we're all on our own journey and we're going to awaken to the law of attraction in our own time so I don't necessarily think it's something that you can force on mm. someone else mm. um, they're on their own path and they'll they'll come to it when they're ready and yeah. especially teenagers like mm. that's a tough way to try and get them interested in it they're just I, I would just trust in the universe that they're going to open themselves up to it when the time's right. You can obviously plant the seeds. You can show them, you can lead by example. You can show them the amazing things that you're manifesting into your life and tell them why, but you unfortunately won't be able to make them live that way as well. Um, but they will come to it when they're ready. Right. Yeah. It's the old cliche. When the, t- when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And that's true for your kids as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably one of the most important things for a parent to let go of is I've got to get my kids to learn something. That's one thing that I learned mm-hmm. when I helped to, to set up that alternative school that you, you got to let go of my, I got to teach my kids things. No, you don't. <laughs> you really don't. Honestly, the kids are very good. Everybody is born with the, these little built in compasses that just kind of drive us in the right direction. You just got to let it go. Yeah. You know, and will they get there? I, I agree with Kelly. I think eventually they will, but. It won't happen until you let go. I mean, i And the more we push that onto them as well, especially at like yeah. teenager age, the more they're going to resist it Absolutely. and probably rebel and do the complete opposite. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly That's what happens. Fact. 
So with that thought in mind, I think we've come to a uh, conclusion here. Thank you to our live stream audience for their questions. We had great questions today. Thank you to our podcast listeners as well, who without whom we wouldn't have much of a podcast because you guys are, the, are the, the large chunk of our audience. Thank you, Kelly, for joining us for another week. We appreciate your, your presence Bye. and your participation. And thank you, Alex, also, because you're you're like my regular now. Alex does three shows a week with me now, Kelly. I mean, she's become a real regular here. <laughs> Wow. So really, really good stuff. Yeah, it is epic. It's wonderful. I love it. So thank you all. We'll see you all (laughs) next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.